is a Announcement test, uh, I don't know what it's supposed to say. I'm not really that concerned with it, so. Anyone get this? Just disregard it. Okay, hang on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Go Team Video, the podcast where the AMP and video team watch a movie and talk about it, along with everything else that's going on. I'm Michael Sadler. I'm joined by Abigail Johnson and Daly Singleton. Hello. 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 This be episode 32, Moon. Arg, this be episode 32. Moon. Moon. It's a movie about the moon, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's about like the moon, amongst and other things. One other thing, basically. Yeah, yeah one yeah. other, two other things. <laughs> well, three it, other things, but yeah, it takes <laughs> place on the moon. Yeah, it does take the place moon. on the moon. Uh, they shot it on location. It was the first movie to be filmed on the moon. I'm joking. I was gonna say what? <laughs> <laughs> Baloney. <laughs> No, Stanley Kubrick shot the moon landing up there. We all know that. Uh, you're right. That was the first film to be shot on the moon. I, f- I completely forgot. All right, let's dive in. What are we at with our first impressions? Who wants to go first in the first impressions? Uh, I want to hear Abby's impression since Abby's never seen it before. This yeah. is your first viewing. I had n- never seen it. I'd never heard of it. I'm generally kind of turned off by a lot of outer space movies. Mm-hmm. I think they're all very similar and they're all have just a lot of smart talk. And, um, mm. this one was interesting mostly because of, I think the actor they chose for this role, I know him best from Charlie's angels. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really interesting and it was kind of a big scam. Um, the movie, you know, no, oh, just the plot. like the, yeah, yeah. the plot. Yeah. yeah, the plot. I was like, what? And you thought you felt scammed <laughs> watching this? No, no, I thought it was a good watch. It was certainly interesting. Um, but I thought it was creative and I thought it was interesting. You know, I woke up real early in the morning and watched this so I didn't fall back asleep or anything. Okay. But, um, yeah, I I feel pretty okay about it. It's pretty brisk too. You know? Yeah, it is pretty brisk. It's yeah. not super long. I think it's like an hour thirty seven, yeah. thirty two, yeah. something like yeah. that. Thirty two minus the credits, I think. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, not a lot of cast members, but um, I think they did well. You know, I I feel like if I were stuck on the moon for three years, I'd probably go a little crazy if I just had a robot to talk to. Right. Um, yeah, I generally Especially if it, it was fucking Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was before we knew how bad of a robot I... he was. I mean, this is the first time I've watched it since I knew he was a bad robot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely I mean, colored robot... it differently, but... I definitely like the little, like, smiley faces. Yeah, it's effective. That, it's effective. Yeah, yeah. Pretty early for some <laughs> emoji stuff, too. Yeah, good. yeah, 2009. Um, yeah. Emoji-driven character. Yeah, <laughs> I like that his name is Gertie. I yeah. don't know what, what G-E-R-T-Y stands for. It's probably a lot, but... Probably some scientific thing. Yeah, Gertie seems Generally short interesting for robot talks to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That'd be two. Yeah, is there two T's? No, there's just one. Oh, okay. There's one, yeah. Well, cool. Um, I'm glad you had a yeah, good time. Yeah, what'd y'all think? Yeah. I had seen this before, probably in 2009, and 
yeah, I, I really liked it. I think you get so much out of Sam Rockwell uh, doing both parts. They do a good job of making those characters different, even though it's the same person. And it's it's pretty impressive, like the uh, the seamlessness of having the same actor uh, interact with himself mm-hmm. and sure. what they're able to pull off. You don't ever really think about that. Um, and yeah, just to perform against yourself is like insane. And he just does a genuinely really good job of it. The movie succeeds only having basically three characters. Um, and the scope and scale of it are, are really cool. It's just all kind of one room and you know they go outside like three times it's uh it's all pretty condensed and um it's yeah it's not a complicated plot but it's simple and it uh it does the trick yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and it's not uh one thing i really like about it it's not like uh twisty it doesn't really depend on the some big reveal of what it is it just kind of gives it parses it out to you as the movie goes along yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, it, it kind of doesn't rely on that. It gives it away super early, which is kind of what makes it a unique plot. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of get right to it. Yeah, which I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, Daily, yeah. what do you think? Uh, so this movie was like my favorite movie at one point in time. Like, I was all about this movie. I've probably seen it like this is probably like my sixth time seeing it Mm -hmm. um and i would feel like whenever people would ask me what my favorite movies were for a long period of time it was like this 28 days later in like sunshine yeah like my favorite movies for like like a good stretch of my life uh specifically Mm -hmm. like in high school i feel like and um so yeah, it was great to revisit it. I was happy to see how well it held up. Uh, it definitely, to me, this watch through, it felt much more like a, uh, like a really indie movie this time watching it. Mm-hmm. Like you can really see that this movie it doesn't have a big budget, um, and they're really kind of like squeezing as much as they can out of it. And um, I think they do a pretty good job. I think they do a pretty good job, and I was really pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed it just as much, I feel like, as I did. Um, maybe not the first time. The first time watching this, I think, is uh, pretty special, especially if you're, like, real young and you see this movie. Like, it, like it definitely hit me, like, super hard, but I definitely think if, you, if you're watching it for your first time, having seen a lot of other films, um, it may not hit as hard, but regardless, it's my favorite type of, like, simple twist that's suspenseful it, it feels like a twilight zone episode like it, it it's it's really good there's i think there's literally like a twilight zone episode that is almost the same plot but yeah, yeah. it even makes me think of like black mirror yeah like yeah. in a lot of ways yeah. you know yeah i could definitely see that I, it's like i mean it's definitely i mean it's kind of subtle sci-fi in a way even though it is like full sci-fi at the same time um yeah it like you said abby it's not just saying big words at you the entire time. Like it, it, I think yeah. it's is like, even if you're not into space movies, I think you, this movie is very watchable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. the, the Sam character, uh, he's, is that his name? 
Yeah, Sam. Sam Bell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his name yeah, is Sam he's, he's in real that, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's not that complicated. He, he's not that, like, uh, highfalutin. He's just sort of a dude who doesn't really... You don't you don't take him as like this genius mathematician or astronaut or whatever. He's just a guy mm. that does this job. Yeah, it almost feels like it's like a um, like a utility worker job almost. You totally. Know what I mean? Yeah, he's like a deckhand yeah. or something. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. He's kind of monitoring these harvesters mm. on the moon, mm-hmm. yeah. making sure everything's running correctly. <laughs> Eating beans. Kind of yeah, eating yeah. plastic <laughs> yeah. bags of beans. Sometimes with hot sauce. Sometimes. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's get into some numbers about the moon. What do you got for us in terms of some hard numbers? Uh, so this movie had a budget of $5 million and a box office of $9.8 million. Nice. Um, it is directed by Duncan Jones, uh, written by Nathan Parker, uh, do y'all know the fun fact about Duncan Jones? Sorry to spoil he's your fun fact. Uh, he's the son of David Bowie. That's right. Oh, this shit. Is David Bowie's kid. Okay. Um, so I don't know if y'all are familiar with what Duncan Jones kind of went on to make, but he doesn't have the best track record after this movie. Mm. So he made he source, source Code. He made Source Code two years after this in 2011. Yeah, that movie sucks. And then he did the Warcraft movie in 2016, which was also sucked uh and -hmm. then a movie i've not i don't know anything about called uh, mute that movie's okay it's got uh uh, alexander sarsgaard who we just watched last week in the northman um and it's also a science fiction story it's kind of you know very reminiscent of like the setting of blade runner kind of thing uh it's got paul rudd it's got uh yeah it's it's an interesting movie it's not straightforward it's kind of like a little quirky would you say that it's kind of probably his best movie other than this definitely yeah yeah i mean if you had to compare yeah i would say so for sure maybe i'll watch that um so yeah uh he also he co-wrote the warcraft movie too (laughs) but uh never saw that never wanted to moon was (laughs) moon is like a critical darling like it was nominated for so many like bafta awards and it won two of them it it nominated for seven won two baftas um so yeah i don't really know this dude must have other shit going on in his life outside of making movies because maybe yeah i don't know um, i don't know what's up it's not a great career so far yeah yeah (laughs) but either way i mean this is i mean warcraft is a a huge it's a huge franchise so you know maybe that's a good gig as far as like pay or whatever oh yeah definitely definitely um so yeah this was his first feature film um he had done one like short film that's listed before this um let's see what who's nathan parker let's see what 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 nathan parker's up to real quick about the screenwriter yeah the screenwriter um so he's written uh moon blitz remember alice bell equals uh two colon 22 uh our house and slingshot which is tba it's not out yet never heard any of those never heard of any of those me neither um (laughs) So yeah, that's that. That's not too many more like hard facts. Um, you know, I, I talked about how many awards it got. Um, it covered the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, it was filmed in thirty-three days. Um, the director preferred using models instead of digital animation. 
Yeah, so that was going to be one of my things that yeah. they they were talking about doing digital animation, and, and it was going to cost like five hundred thousand dollars for what they needed. And then they went to the props department and they said, "Okay, well, how much would it cost us to do this with miniatures?" And it was like forty-one grand. So they were like, "Fuck it, let's do let's do practical shit." So yeah. like for the moon, the moon base, like outside stuff, the moon base, the yeah. the yeah, the rovers, all of that. It's practical. Hey, how how perfect it, is it that we're doing this movie? Because we just shot our first miniature based thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's uh, your Defy project with Nora Masters yeah. that's coming out this Saturday. Um, everyone go out and see that if you're in Nashville and you got some free time Saturday night. Uh, it's also the next weekend as well. It's airing at Oz. Mm-hmm. So yeah, either weekend you can go check that out. It's it's amongst um, seven other films, five other films? Seven, um, other. seven others. Seven others. There's yeah. eight total, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, go check that out. Um, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I think, okay, this, I I think just that see the, it. it looks particularly impressive considering... Uh, that's all models. It looks real. Yeah. It looks like real yeah. enough to, to suspend our, the disbelief. The and our budget was way smaller than forty one grand. Oh my yeah, god! Was it yeah. like it was like thirty five grand? <laughs> no, it was like thirty five grand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, one. I guess here's some. These are some more moons, uh, or, or not moons, but numbers. I don't know why I said moons. Um, the, the moon base was created on a full 360 degree set. That's a number measuring 85 to 90 feet long, approximately 70 feet wide. So yeah, there's some more numbers for you, Michael. I think that leads you into some fun Fun facts. facts. Yeah. Uh, so first off, Kevin Spacey read the script and agreed to voice Gertie, but only when the film was finished and if he liked it, uh, having loved it, he recorded his lines in half a day. Wow. wow. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Outdoor moon scenes took eight days to shoot. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a fun one. At part of the presentation of the movie at NASA, the director was asked about the sturdy bunker-like design for the base. The director explained that he thought that astronauts would build the base using material dug out of the moon itself instead of bringing a habitat with them and placing it on the surface. As it happened, one of the other audience members was working on Mooncrete, which, as uh, she explained to the director, is a concrete-like material that can be made out of rocky regolith on the lunar surface. Hmm. That's super cool. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this was shot during a writer's strike, which had caused other productions at Shepard and Studios to shut down, and director Duncan Jones says he got a number of top-class effects people on the crew because of that. A mm-hmm. uh, bunch of scabs, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I remember learning that Duncan Jones really loves Sunshine, and I think that movie had a budget of $50 million, and uh, he, he was just really uh, trying to do it for a tenth of that, basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, and no like, problem. also like, I mean, a lot of, a, a lot of the budget, you know, like when we talk about movies getting made is like people's salaries, you know what I mean? 
I feel like that's something that people don't necessarily think about right off the bat when they talk, talk about a budget for the movie. It's like mm-hmm. $5 million is not literally what the movie costs to just like film. It's like you're also paying the, the, the labor is a huge part of that, of the, of the yeah. cost of making movies. Oh yeah. The labor, the, uh, the cost for the actors, which in this yeah. case, a lot of the times on a, a film, this scale, like the actors will sometimes just take minimums. Um, in order to get the film made. It's just yeah. like, if you're getting a good part, then you're just going to like kind of waive your, your standard uh, fee for like a, you know, blockbuster or more yeah. prominent it's, it's, film. It's kind of this really beautiful symbiotic relationship where it's like actors that have already kind of risen to fame can go do these smaller movies. They take a pay cut, quote unquote, a pay cut. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not like they're not making money. Um, and they lend their name, and but they also get this amazing role out of it too. You know what I mean? That is much more meaningful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film makes several references to Stanley Kubrick's 2001: A Space Odyssey from 1968. Uh, Gertie looks and sounds similar to HAL 9000, and they also have a similar dot. Hal's is red, and Gertie's is blue. Uh, the film choreographs scenes in space to classical music, just as Kubrick's did. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, it was forty-one thousand dollars that the miniatures cost. I was off by six thousand. Some those some expensive miniatures. Um. Oh, so in order to prepare for the film, Sam Rockwell watched Midnight Cowboy and Dead Ringers. Which makes complete sense to me. Um, Never seen any, Mid- either of those movies. Midnight Cowboy is uh, this movie about uh, about uh, these two guys that are like hustlers in in New York. Okay. And uh, one of them is played by uh, shit. What's his name? <laughs> I'm like blanking. Bum, bum, bum. From the graduate, um, oh Dustin Hoffman, oh, Dustin yeah. Hoffman, and he's like very sickly in the movie. Oh, oh, and so okay, I yeah, think he yeah. took inspiration for that side of Sam's character. And then the other movie, uh, Dead Ringers, is uh, this David Cronenberg movie where uh, there are these two brothers played by the same actor. So, uh, and I can't remember his name now either. That's fine, That's but. Fine. Uh, yeah, so that makes sense. He's like watching this double role and then this kind of sickly part. Seems yeah. like good good homework. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's it is really impressive how distinct the two are, you know. It is really a great performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. All right. Okay, nice. It's time to go to plot. Getting a plot. Plot town. I think it is. Go to plot Abigail Johnson. So, Lunar Industries, this like space company, um, they've made um, a fortune after an oil crisis by building Sarong Station, which is this facility on the far side of the moon where. Um, our main character is, and they're basically mining the moon for alternative fuel, 
like helium, helium three, H three, from the lunar soil because it's very rich in material. Um, the facility is like highly automated and requires only one person to be there to maintain operations. You know, like we mentioned, he's like a kind of a utility worker, mm-hmm. and he's kind of overseeing these harvesters and. Um, launching canisters bound for Earth containing the extracted H3. And our main character, this one-man band on on Sarong Station, is Sam Bell, played by Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And basically the deal is he has a three-year contract where he has to stay up there, and then he can go home. And he's nearing the end of his three-year contract. He's got two weeks left. And then there's, like, chronic communication problems that, you know, his, like, live feed to Earth is, like, disabled. So he's limited to, like, recording messages. I will say one of the things that dates this movie and is kind of, like, the 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 lesser, if you were going to really pick apart the movie, one of the worst things about it is the... Uh, like digital post-production work that's done on it. It's, you can tell that that, that part of the budget was very small. Like even, even the title cards in the beginning, like it's such simple motion tracking where you can see it like move a little bit. And like, you can tell it's not like they didn't throw a ton of money into the, the digital post-production in this. Like I'm sure it was substantial to some extent, but not the, not their biggest concern. And which is, that's kind of backed up with the fun facts that you brought up, Michael, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of money. No. Yeah. Um, but still, there's there's a lot of other strong points, you know. Oh yeah, no, I was just saying, like that was like the one yeah. thing that stood out to me watching it. Yeah, no, that's a good observation. Yeah. Because back in the day, I didn't pay attention to it because you know it was 2009. But like, you know, the title cards and stuff, I was like literally doing that same type of stuff before I left, like, right before I left work and watched the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is, like, literally what I was doing at work today. <laughs> nice. Um, so he gets these, like, occasional recorded messages from his wife, Tess, who, when he left, she was pregnant with their daughter, Eve. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, oh, she's already found another guy, and that's going to be the twist. <laughs> like a Jarhead but, situation. Yeah. <laughs> you ever but, watched Jarhead? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, oh, I have. Up. Yeah, it's kind of set it up perfectly really for that. Is. It's like he's up there going nuts, and then he finds out that he's been replaced. It's like that's what you think's going to happen for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's quite different. His... Only companion up there is this like artificial intelligence robot named Gertie, G E R T Y, um, who assists with the base's like automation and provides comfort for him. Very much that of like the robot in Wally that is assisting the captain. <laughs> um, yeah. Just for an example. <laughs> so, two weeks before his return to Earth, he begins to suffer from hallucinations. Um, he sees like a teenage girl. He sees like a bearded, disheveled man. And one such image distracts him while he is out recovering a helium three canister from the harvester. 
um, you know, outside of the base on the moon. And he's like getting in this lunar rover and drives out there and he's hallucinating and crashes right into it. And the first hallucination that Sam sees is really important, too, because it causes him to burn his hand. And that's like one of the one of the key things that like lets the viewer know which is like the old Sam and which is the new Sam or like the old clone and the new clone, you know. And, yeah, uh, and that was the teenage girl hallucination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so watching that this time, I was like, oh, that's like a, a visual thing that I necessarily, I don't think I thought about before, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of losing it. Gertie is like trying to check in on him, make sure he's okay, but... You know, he goes out and crashes into this harvester because he sees something else out there. And he is, like, rapidly losing, like, cabin air from the crash. um, And he falls unconscious. But he wakes up inside the base, like, infirmary with no memory of the accident at all. And he looks pretty okay. And he overhears Gertie having what appears to be a live chat with the with Lunar Industries management, which to his knowledge was disabled. And he's like trying to ask Gertie about it. And Gertie was like, oh, no, that was a pre-recorded message. And, you know, he's not really buying it. He's suspicious. And. Uh, Lunar Industries orders Sam to basically remain on base, and they said that, like, a rescue team was going to come out to repair the harvester. So he didn't have to do anything. He just needed to recover, you know, chill, sit tight. And he is very suspicious at this point, too. So he kind of creates, like, a fake problem to persuade Gertie to let him outside. He, like... Opens up like yeah, something on base. Pulls a panel and cuts it. A, cuts open a line. Gas is leaking everywhere. Yeah, and he's like, "I need to go check the perimeter." And blah blah. blah. <laughs> and um, so he talks Gertie into letting him outside, and he basically goes to the crashed rover, where he finds his unconscious doppelganger, basically. And he brings him back to the base, tends to his injuries. He's in the infirmary. And then there's basically two Sams. They're identical. Mm. Yeah. And they start to wonder if one of them is a clone of the other. I got the idea that uh, new Sam, like fresh Sam, kind of put it together right away. Yeah, for sure. Because he's feeling Um, a little sharper. He's on his game. He's like, this is all too suspicious. And he just like figures it out yeah and, and he's, he's like there's gotta be yeah. yeah and like wearing his sunglasses and right <laughs> away he was like there's gotta be an extra room mm-hmm. you know and they have kind of a heated argument and a physical altercation um i really like the but- scene where uh where old sam wakes up and the idea that like out of kind of he's just laying back and kind of like won't really look at new sam He's just sort of scared yeah. and yeah. just like, cause he thinks he's just having hallucination, more hallucinations. Yeah. 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 
and it's just he, really like, well wasn't played. well he's like, you just won't look yeah. at him he's just really 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 scared yeah for sure he like wasn't well before the crash and he's certainly not well after the crash he's it's, like yeah. extremely it's pale yeah it's it like it's so yeah. heartbreaking yeah, his health just starts to steadily decline. But yeah, I mentioned new Sam was like kind of tearing the place up and yeah. down, mm-hmm. yeah, looking for, for a secret room and couldn't find anything. And even got to a point where he like destroyed old Sam's like he made like so they're like, like whittled a model like city. It's like so the town they grew up in or something. The the new yeah. Sam when he wakes up he like he knows that he was like in a crash, right? Like they have put that memory, like they've updated the memories to where he knows that he's waking up from a crash. Right. Or at least that's the kind of the, that's the story. The basis. Puts in his head. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I think that's all. I don't think he actually had memory of that. I think Gertie told him that he okay. crashed. Cause you see Gertie the telling infirmary. the new, gotcha. new gotcha. Sam that later. Yeah. Gertie is really fascinating too, just like as a character, just like yeah, like this robot, like this this AI has achieved sentience. I guess I think it's an AI Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, Uh, yeah, definitely. And it has, but it has a programming, right? But it's broken out of that, obviously. Well, I think it's really interesting, and it it interprets that programming. So it's protecting the idea of protecting Sam is kind of its utmost programming, even though. It knows that at the end of its cycle, we'll get to what happens to Sam's. But so you can kind of see Gertie interpreting, okay, well, uh, I shouldn't tell Sam this, but helping Sam and protecting Sam is like very important to my programming. So he makes these exceptions along the way. It's really Mm. interesting. The breakdown of like, okay, that could be interpreted as, Helping Sam or protecting. Sam. So, so you don't see it as sentience. You see it as an in in an adaptation of the original I think it's programming. A, I think it is an intelligent program. Yeah, I think that's kind of the point of like AI. It's artificial intelligence. It's kind of learning and adapting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, as new things are being presented to it, etc. As it learns right. about you know other subjects and its, it's environment and whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's but I mean, interpreting this, its base programming. This movie does like pose the question of like, you know, can an AI become sentient? Like, I think that's kind of like one thing that the movie doesn't directly point out, but it is there, you know, with Gertie. It's like, I think it's a, I feel like if it was trying to make that connection, it seems a little like propaganda. Like, I don't want to trust a robot personally, but it's like making it seem like I could. <laughs> uh no because like i mean i don't know i think what's I don't the think you what's, can what's, trust what's, a robot i think like they just got lucky with what's what the difference you would be willing to do what's the difference between programming and being raised as a human it's the same thing and then you right. you kind of like grow in your own personality out of that original programming you know that you're 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 born into you know yeah it's the same thing for gertie you know yeah, it also is a movie, so like I, I wouldn't put right. it past them to try to communicate some sentience with this robot, you know. Yeah, and I, th- that's what I'm saying is like, because I mean that is like a big, like conversation point in sci-fi is like, you yeah. know, like can can an AI, can an artificial intelligence become sentient, uh, have feelings the way a human does, and I think that's the whole point of Gertie's character, you know, ultimately. Mm. 
I agree. And he's even a little maybe too honest with Sam. Because, yeah. like, after yeah. just kind of realizing what's going on without it being explicitly said, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. And then Gertie finally reveals that they are both clones of the original Sam mm-hmm. Bell. It Neither doesn't really of them take them long. Yeah. Because he, he yeah. asks him a few times and he's sort of silent or make a little <laughs> face that's like a frown or something. And it's like, yeah. Dude, would you like something to eat? Sam? Yeah, he he's always is just like, would you like something to eat? Food. Yeah. He's trying to get around it, it's but he does. several hours and he since does, you last and Yeah. And then he's just like, you are a clone. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, these memories of your wife and your daughter, they're implanted, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's really what Sam wants. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Gertie doing that is like a big deal. And like, like Sam has been wanting that from Gertie the entire time. Just like truth. Yeah. But it's both. It's a simultaneous um, like liberation where Sam. Yeah, exactly. New Sam and Gertie. As as new Sam finds things out, Gertie sort of loosens up, and it's kind of a simultaneous thing where they're they're kind of liberating new Sam and all future Sams. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I, I truly this viewing is like Gertie is literally the same as Sam. You know what I mean? Like the movie is is trying to get the point across that like Gertie is kind of in the same spot. You know what I mean? Like he can be reprogrammed and restarted just like the Sam clones are you know and they even have like a moment at the end you know when they talk about like and sam literally says we're all clones and like i think he is like the movie is subtly implying that he's talking about gertie as well like not just not just uh the sams you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um then they realize they go out and search the area and they find like a communications like substation beyond the facilities perimeter, which has been interfering with the live feed from earth. And then in addition to that, Gertie helps the old Sam access like recorded logs of past Sam clones. Mm -hmm. So when he thinks he's like being sent back to earth, He's like being drugged basically, and then they're just pu- bringing a new clone out. And there's even like a little video message that kind of airs as he's like, you know. No, that's not always the case. I mean, sometimes the clones actually do just live out their like cycle and they eventually die. Well, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they get really sick or whatever, yeah. but they also just put them in that little pod that's not a yeah. pod. It just like flash fries them and then their yeah. dust gets sucked out of it. Right. right. Yeah. But but the but the video message made it seem like he was going back to Earth kind of thing. Right. You know what right. I mean? Oh, yeah. It's I like, mean, that's like... You lay down in that box yeah. and it's like, you're going back to Earth. Basically. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, so he was totally misled, you know, and uh, basically he sees, like, all of these other Sam's, like, becoming ill like right as the contract is beginning to expire or getting mm-hmm. close to it and yeah, you then, see like long-haired sam fu manchu sam uh yeah. bald sam yeah all the sam yeah and he's in that room and he realizes by pulling up like a floor tile with like some tools that there is a vault 
and there's like a ladder that goes down into this kind of like basement type thing. Um, so he gets new Sam and they go down there together and they find this secret vault containing like probably hundreds, if not more hundreds of like, of, Sam's. Of, oh, yeah. uh, of like hibernating clones. They're just kind mm. of on standby until they need to be like, you know, turned on or brought to life or whatever. And then they basically determine that Lunar Industries is unethically using clones of the original Sam to avoid the cost of training and transporting new astronauts, as well as deliberately jamming their live feed in order to prevent the clones from contacting Earth. And... Oh, also, we have not talked about the fact that one of the two, like, board members that, that you see... One of them is Matt Berry from yeah. <laughs> yeah from what we do in the shadows. Yeah, I saw that in the opening credits, and it wasn't like a super clear feed. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's like it was very subtle. It was the but, voice. Um, like once I heard him yeah. speak, I was like, "Oh fuck, that's Matt Berry, dude! Hell yeah!" yeah. Well, they're very um, little. Like yeah, on yeah, screen. They're, yeah. They're really small. Right. Yeah. You don't and really get a little look at them. It's kind of pixelated, them, even. Yeah. Oh, the other yeah, one is yeah. uh, Benedict Wong from uh, the Marvel movies. He's in. Oh um, shit. In oh. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he's in Sunshine as well. Oh my god, he fucking is in Sunshine. Jesus, we need mm-hmm. to watch Sunshine mm-hmm. in a couple months. Oh uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, I maybe you were about to say this, but while they were out there doing the. Uh, antenna towers thing that's when sam has his moment with the little like phone right no 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 that hasn't happened yet. oh he goes back yeah he goes yeah. Back. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. he goes back like on his own to yeah do that. yeah this is after um, they found all the clonies yeah yeah uh this is actually right after this this is okay. kind of when they learn that these that clones up. that think they are going into the end of their contract and going back home are being incinerated mm-hmm. um but I, I do feel like they kind of like drug them first, you know, and then kind of do it because he kind of falls into like a I, hazy kind of sleep. I just took that as him being so like the clones have an expiration date, basically. That's how I took it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's getting more and more sick and yeah. he's like losing teeth and stuff. I mean, but, yeah, maybe I think there is an, I maybe think there they're is getting drugged in, in the well. food or something like, yeah, there's it's, it's never explicit, but expiration date. That's what I like, thought, too. Like I, I thought it was yeah. just a genetic expiration date, not like a like a drugging. But who knows? But I think there is a sedation thing as well that you're talking about, like before they get incinerated. Yeah, there's like a gas that like comes mm. out into the little pod mm. and then they're like. You'll go to sleep, and then you'll go back to Earth, kind of thing. And then it's like they're just being incinerated. That's a good point. That's why I said that. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that. I see that. Um, but it also makes me wonder: like, are they just like regularly sending food up there? Like, (laughs) well, all those little like containers, those like takeout containers that are like stacked up on the shelves, like. Are those no, food? Like, what are those? <laughs> yeah, they I... say uh, they say Soylent. Or oh, okay. They say Soylent, which is just a joke. It's like, yeah, Soylent Green is an old sci-fi movie where Soylent Green turns out to be people. Like, they just make it out right. of people. Yeah. Oh. That's uh, well, Soylent <laughs> actually an actual became a Soylent thing. Yeah. product now, yeah. too. It's, it's one of these, like, ridiculous things where even though we have this uh, tale of horror, like Soylent Green where a corporation started making food out of people, and then a company comes along in real life and makes Soylent. 
the name of their their juice product or smoothie or whatever. And then there's also iRobot, the company. It's like it's a robotics <laughs> yeah. company. It's like you're you're asking for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Soylent's kind of sick though because it's just like you don't have to eat; you just drink this thing. Right. I mean, I mean, if you, eating if eating's kind that, of annoying sometimes. Yeah, you know I get I mean? it, but it's sort of like name it something else. <laughs> <laughs> but you got instant, you got instant cultural cachet with that name. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. just a, I don't be, just a good business. I don't want to be thinking of cannibalism every time I drink one of these fucking yeah, things. That right. see, I don't think about that though. <laughs> see, I think they achieved their their goal. I think about the the real life thing first. Mm. Also, after so, a certain amount of years, no one's going to think about that movie. You know, only only true. certain people. Yeah, I guess. Um, so this is where old Sam gets in the second rover on his own, drives out past the interference radius, and tries to call Tess on Earth using this like very weird looking computer thing that does like <laughs> video call. Like and, a sketch or like a battleship. Oh my yeah. god! No, this yeah, is like my f- this is my favorite prop of the entire movie. Great piece of tech. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, it's so cool and like I love how bulky it is and like how satisfying the keys seem yeah. to be. Like I just it, I love it. I love it. So I love that he remembers. Like, oh, go ahead. It's. I was gonna say it's almost like a leapfrog computer. Yeah. Yeah. Or like. I don't know, like a portable DVD player that like can't close, and it's like got this like hard orange like yeah. cover it's so, on it. It's so cool! Like, it's so cool! cool. Yeah. I love it so much. But uh, I was gonna say I love that it's 2035, and this dude still remembers his home phone number. That's rad. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like a a thing that is also going to be lost. At certain point, is oh point, yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah. these like, are clones with exactly kind of like they have this, you know, they have specific memories from. Yeah, they have implants. Yeah, well, it's, exactly. it's in their real memories. It's like it's yeah. it's their real memories from you know from Sam, Sam, you know, from the original Sam Bell. Yeah, yeah. which we're about to so. get to the, the the final twist. Yeah. So. He tries to call Tess, and basically Eve answers, and she doesn't know who he is, and he's like, oh, I'm trying to talk to Tess, Tess Bell, and she was like, oh, like, Tess died, like, some years ago, and uh, also, like, Eve is supposedly, like, 15 at this point in time, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, yeah, which she... which that reveals like how long this has actually been going on. You know, it's been yeah. like fifteen years of clones at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she even talks to her dad off screen, who is the original Sam. Yeah, and and he puts um, it away. He's like, I can't. He's like, it's too much. Yeah, this is too much. He puts it away. I can't do it. Yeah, then maybe the most emotional line of the movie oh just sort of breaks down, and he's like, mm-hmm. How did mommy die? Oh, how did mommy die, dude? It's so yeah. Sam Rockwell does such a good job in this movie, yeah. dude. Mm. Oh, for it's sure. so convincing, especially like as he's really just like falling apart. Oh my god, and yeah. becoming so sickly. So like he he does a very good job. Um, I think um, I think the only part of the movie that breaks the illusion for me is the fight scene that happens mm-hmm. between them 
because you really start to see the extras and like how often they have to cut. It's just like very obvious. Um, I don't know. I feel yeah. like at that point, I'm not like I can examine it as a filmmaker, but I choose not to look too closely sure. only because I want to like get swept away in the story. Yeah. But I, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. If you're looking hard, it's like that's the part where I mean, the, the, you do see the seams a lot more than any other part. Yeah. Seeing yeah. it as many times as I've seen it, it was like ha- really hard not to just like pay attention yeah. to those things. I get that. Um, For like a first watch, I feel like it oh, was yeah, something I definitely. noticed particularly. Yeah, same. I didn't have those thoughts until this this viewing for sure. Mm. Well as a filmmaker you wanna like you're looking at something you're like, ah, how'd they do that? And you start to see how they did that and it's like, oh okay. Yeah. Then you're thinking about that instead of the exactly. film. Exactly. It makes yeah. it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So he returns and the old Sam is beginning to display these same symptoms as the previous cleanse as they begin to deteriorate or expire, you know? Um, they realize that this incoming rescue team to fix the harvester is probably going to kill them both if they're found together, especially knowing that they can just be easily replaced. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, real quick, uh, this is like a little ways back, but I do want to bring this up because it was a detail that I had noticed this time watching it is the smiley faces. He kept track of how long he was there with smiley faces. It was like count he it's like his it, it grounded him and it's actually what grounds him like after he wakes up again after he's saved by the the new sam and mm-hmm. as he goes back to the wall and they're not there but then he sees the like the smudgy the, little impression of them the, yeah yeah basically like the the stain or whatever that they've left mm-hmm. on the wall after gertie had cleaned them um and it's mm-hmm. also like one of the it was like gertie's kind of shitty in the beginning you're like you don't trust gertie in the beginning you know mm-hmm. yeah. and you eventually learn to trust gertie but like you don't yeah. trust gertie in the beginning and this is like something when before gertie kind of switches sides it, you, you know you yeah. Start to, yeah you start to get the idea of gertie's like helpfulness and and thoughtfulness yeah, yeah. but it but gertie cleaned up those smiley faces you know what i mean like gertie erased yeah. that shit and is like trying to gaslight his ass you know what i mean he's doing his job exactly in like, the beginning he was team lunar industries at the end he was team sam's exactly yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sam's sam's <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god um yeah what we're about to get to so the new Sam convinces Gertie to wake another clone. And Gertie's like, what? Like, no. And then he, you know, talks him into it. And basically, <laughs> they're planning to leave um, the awakened clone in the rover. Yeah. And then... I guess what do they have to do? Like murder him and then put him in in the uh, rover? It's not clear exactly. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. like knock him out and let the people deal yeah. with him. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then they to were. Escape, but yeah. Yeah, and then they were gonna send the old Sam to Earth, and the new, not newest, but new Sam would be like the Sam on base, tending to things or whatever. Yeah, and because because they were gonna incinerate the one they found in the rover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it didn't matter yeah. if they killed him because like they were gonna kill him when they found him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they realized they could use like one of the H three transports to like mm-hmm. send you know one of them back to Earth. You're gonna and... pull. You're gonna pull some G's, but you'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then the older Sam kind of 
Who who knows that these clones are designed to break down at the end of the three year contract? He knows that he's not gonna live much longer. Yeah. He's his teeth are falling out, he's vomiting blood, he looks terrible, he's super pale, having a hard time walking. Coughing constantly. Yep. Coughing constantly. His health is rapidly declining, and then old Sam suggests, Hey, put me in the crashed rover to die. So that Lunar Industries won't suspect anything. And then new Sam can escape and go back to Earth. Because, you know, you probably have three years. Right. And then fresh um, Sam can take over and the base. base. Yeah. 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 It, ignorance and, is bliss. He can go about his yeah. life. Yeah. And Gertie even advised Sam, the new Sam, to Sam reboot him. <laughs> yeah. Sam 2. Now, yeah, now we need to number them. <laughs> Yeah, this was Gertie the was, sol- This is like Gertie doing a real like uh, yeah. sacrificial yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gertie like, just erase my memory. Yeah, it's this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm saying. Like, I think this movie really is also about Gertie kind of getting humanity in a lot of ways. You know, yeah, to some extent. Yeah, he's like coming coming around, and he does something you know selfless to help the Sams. Yeah, the Sams. Yeah. Um. So then. Before leaving, the newer clone reprogram. I, I should say Sam too reprograms a harvester to crash and wreck the jamming antenna, which would enable live communications with Earth. And then he brings along a canister of H three to provide him funds once he reaches Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't really catch at first, but I kind of was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to cash in. Yeah, and then the older Sam, he's back in the crippled rover. Um, He remains conscious conscious long enough to watch the launch of the transport carrying Sam 2 to Earth. Yeah. And then the rescue team is successfully fooled after finding... Both a newly awakened clone in the medical bay and then the corpse of old Sam inside the crashed rover and the helium transport arrives at Earth and uh, basically we go into the film credits and over the credits there's like news reports describing how his testimony, you know, of his experience at Lunar Industries has stirred up an enormous controversy because they're doing unethical practices by cloning them and it caused their stock to plummet. Yeah. And then there's like a conspiracy conspiracy theorist, like skeptic asshole that's like, Uh, I bet he's a fucking illegal immigrant. It's like, you piece of shit. But yeah, that is Moon. That's Moon. What a great ending, y'all. What a great ending. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a so little, satisfying because like, uh, it's just you get it's so tense and like horrible what happens to Sam one. It's just like deteriorating, but it's like also the through line in the movie. Something you kind of get is um, this like uh, quelling of his inner angst. Yeah, because the whole time he's like, I got a temper. I got to do something about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sam one has kind of mastered that yep. to some extent. And he's sort of like zinned yeah. out a little bit. And yeah, it's he's like, like tending to his plants. And he's like, yeah. got this cool guy attitude for most of it. 
Yeah. And Tess is saying in the video messages, like, I think it'll be a good thing for you, for right. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, and then to think about that on the other side, OG real non-clone Sam sold his DNA or whatever. Then his wife, like, is contracted to send all these fake messages to clone oh. Sam's and on she, the moon. Dude, what if she killed herself? You know what I Maybe. mean? Like, who knows Maybe. how she, you don't, we don't know how she died. It's not revealed. It's not really, but that's got to be a toll. Fucking yeah, wrecks her. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what uh, what happened there with it's, Tess. It, it's so great because like you get you get so much resolution, but you still have the really interesting like open endedness in certain uh, like with certain plot lines. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you get resolution on the two Sams, but you don't know what happens to. The next Sam, like, obviously the, the uplink is now active, so the next Sam could, like, communicate with Earth. Right. And we feel like there's some hope on the other side of it. We yeah. don't really know the outcome. Yeah, it's it's the perfect middle ground of, like, resolution and the open-endedness. I think it really straddles that line really It just well. begs for a sequel, you know, Moon no. 2. No, oh my god, Moon no. 2, Sam's uh, Boogaloo. <laughs> it's just like an action movie. Sam's just, like, murdering everyone at Lumen Industries. <laughs> It's just an army of Sams. <laughs> just on the yeah, they all come off the moon base and just like raid lunar industry. All right, that's Moon. Uh, let's dive right into our reviews. Uh, I'll go first. Let's hear it. Um, it's quite a simple and and effective film. Um, it doesn't really like go further than it needs to it and it you know gives you every it's it's a, it's a satisf- satisfying amount of film you don't really need anything else you don't really want anything else yeah mm-hmm. you feel satisfied by how much story you get there's enough there that there's an emotional arc you really care by the time you're into the movie you feel bad for first sam and you start to like enjoy that they like the care that they have for each other Amongst, like, despite how weird it would be to literally interact with yourself right. in this way and have your eccentricities, like, be at odds. Um, yeah. Gertie's an interesting, fun little, you know, computer robot AI character uh, that serves a purpose and has a, a story arc of his own. Um I think the movie looks really good, despite obviously there is some like, you know, budgetary issues. It's not the most, it's not the sleekest looking film, but I feel like they did a lot with $5 million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They cast it perfectly well, uh, even though that uh, Kevin Spacey is a bad robot now. Yeah. At uh, least we didn't have to look at his face, right? You know what true. I mean? Yeah. I'll take yeah. the smiley faces yeah. <laughs> all day long. I'd, I'd, I'm, I'd much rather just not have to think about him and just, you know. Watch he does dirty. a good job of like writing the performance line of is like bad. uh of yeah yeah of like monotone but still there's some there's some like emotional thing happening right uh it, it's it's a good combination of like a computerized you know voice and delivery and uh you know some some wonder and some care yeah for sure um, yeah, I I think it's an incredible tour de force performance as far as like playing two different parts in the same film, almost um, three, almost three, yeah. Uh, 
and making two completely different characters out of the same person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that managed to hold space. Yeah, uh, in the same film, um, I think it's like very well scored by Clint Mansell. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, the score is, um, is very nice. Who does one of my favorite scores of all time for the Fountain, the Darren Aronofsky? Oh, okay, cool, film. cool. Um, yeah, I think this movie is cut well. It it reads well. The acting's great. Cinematography is wonderful. The effects are good. The, I love the miniatures. They're really okay. impeccable. Can we talk about the oh, yeah. arm, though? Can we talk about the arm? You know what I'm <laughs> talking like about? When it's like the... moving around. No, I'm talking about Sam 2's arm. It's like there's this scene where there, it's like profile of the two of them. And he's like, it's near the end of the movie. And he like touches his. It's like the only time that like you see without a cut them touch each other. And you uh-huh. can see that like. It's like two shots composited with like another person's arm is like touching. No. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, no, it I was really so obvious. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Gertie's arm for a minute. Yeah, yeah that's weird. what Michael yeah. thought. Yeah. No. no, I didn't really notice that. I, oh, I like I said, I try. I try not to. I know those things are there, and I try not to uh, pay too close of attention because I want to get the the effect of the film, but. Uh, so all that said, I'm going to give this movie a nine. I still really enjoy it. I think it's it's a really like tight success. Uh, it's I like still had a good time. Mm-hmm. Well done. Nice. Nine. Uh, Abby, what's up? How you feeling? Um, I really liked this movie. I think the story was very interesting. I've not really seen something like it before. Um, especially for a space movie. Um, I agree. I think it was like, you know, scored really well and also shot really well with some exceptions. Um, you know, I didn't notice the arm thing, but I did feel like some things did seem a little dated or, um, just the way it was shot with two people. You know, they were obviously trying to not come in contact with each other, and I, I, I did keep that in mind as much as I, you know, was trying to watch this movie very objectively. Um, I, I, I feel like that. I feel like um, Sam Rockwell did a really good job acting, and and he really did sell like two different characters. They. You know, they ha- they seem to have, like, totally different personalities. I think, you know, with with old Sam being at the end of his contract and new Sam being at the beginning of his, like, um, they were just in different, in different head spaces entirely. And I think that, you mm-hmm. know, it, it really communicated that. And um, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like there were times where I felt a little bored. Um, however, like it's not a super long movie. I I really do think they consolidated pretty much everything, um, and and convinced a very good plot within an hour and a half. Um, so, I guess I would score this film like an eight and a half out of ten. I I think it was pretty good. Um, you know, it's also not like a 
When was this movie made? 2009. 2009. 2009. Thanks. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, it, it holds up for the most part pretty well. Like, I can't imagine in 2035 anyone will be cloning anyone. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, um, but I, I, I think it was like for sure one of the most interesting like moon or space related films I have seen. Um, you know, there wasn't too much space talk jargon and, um, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, that's where I'm at. Nice. Solid. Love it. Um, so that leaves me and, uh, I'm going to get my score out of the way. I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, that's how I felt when I finished it was it was a nine. And, uh, I got a lot out of rewatching it, um, I was really, really surprised um, how much I still enjoyed it. You know, I think I, you know, we did Napoleon Dynamite not that long ago, which kind of occupies the same space in my head, uh, like lifetime-wise, when I think about movies I was watching, you know, like, it's like Napoleon Dynamite was a big movie, this was a big movie, like, so I definitely think I enjoyed watching this again more than I enjoyed watching, like, Napoleon Dynamite again. Um, I think that it is my favorite type of story in a lot of ways that it influenced a lot of like, I'm sure, you know, I've told y'all my, like, like I, you know, I have like two short film ideas that I've kind of been sitting on for a long time and they're basically very similar to this. It's like one character or, or two and very simple with like a sci-fi twist, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I didn't realize how much this movie had influenced me, you know, until watching it again. And um, I think it, it, you know, even hearing how much you enjoyed it not being a sci-fi fan, Abby, like, I think yeah. that's a that's a testament to how good the movie is. Um, and I feel like the only reason I really felt bored is I think it was kind of intentional just, like, with the movie kind of overemphasizing the monotony of being alone yeah. in space. Oh, you for know? sure. So yeah, yeah. I feel like that's, you know, I feel like there's reason for that. But continue. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love the movie, uh, nine out of 10 VHS tapes. I've realized we stopped kind of saying VHS tapes, but I just want to point that out again. These are VHS tapes that we're, we're doing here. Yeah. Um, well, in this case, if I was doing, um, Sam's, I gave it nine oh, Sam's, nine Sam's. <laughs> <laughs> or eight. Uh, yeah. Nine, our eight. average is 8.83333 Sam's. Nice. Nice. And or VHS tapes. Yeah. Or call logs, you know, video, video <laughs> chats, you know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was or awesome. Rovers. It, rovers, <laughs> you know. No, to, to speak on that, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, this, uh, this is kind of an indie filmmaker's dream. You know, it's one setting. One character, yeah. pretty much, or at least you know, one actor, mm-hmm. more more or less. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of you know inspiring in that way, like what you can mm-hmm. get away with, what you can accomplish uh, with like very very simple idea. Yeah, yeah. I think it. And there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of power in simple effective ideas like this, in my opinion. Yeah, especially with like the practical effects too. Um, mm-hmm. I think that really adds to it it's not you know as high budget it's not nearly as high budget it's a lot of right these like films we've yeah. talked about but or just think about like uh, movies with huge budgets and huge action sequences that just don't even have like 
a semblance of character or heart that this movie has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, like a story you know, like this one has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you pare it down and simplify things, you get a lot more out of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that, that this movie does that pretty well. I love that, yeah. Michael. That's a beautiful sentiment. I think we should end up our, wrap up our review segment with that, with that yeah, final well, line. Yeah, uh, heading out is is that you know, I uh, hope Duncan Jones makes more films, at least so we can see if this guy's a turd or not. Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, who knows? Yeah, who who really knows? You know? Like, you, it, it's it's tricky. You get into like World of Warcraft or something like that, uh, or some big blockbuster. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal science fiction yeah. movie. I, I don't know. Like maybe he'll make something a little more personal again, and and uh, that's that's kind of more what I'd like to see. Yeah, maybe he's just not supposed to be a you know big blockbuster director. Maybe that's just yeah. not not his calling. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I'd love to see more from him. Also, it doesn't make me like this movie less. You know. No. Like no, you can't really what compare he did after, it to. But, yeah. yeah, you can't really compare it to the others. Um, so yeah, that was moon. cool knowing that he's David Bowie's kid. That was, yeah, that was neat. Yeah, Moon Age Daydream. That mo- that song should have been that movie, right? <laughs> you think he'd be able to get a good deal on the licensing? Right, right. right. <laughs> that would be so hinky. I know. I know. I know. It'd be so corny. Yeah, that would be really bad. Just in the credits, like it could have worked. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Or, or if. Sam was like listening to it on the. Yeah, his, his dad's probably like, "Fuck uh, you, fuck, fuck you, Duncan. You do it on your own." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was Moon. Good job, everybody. Eight point three three three. Good job. That was a good time. Yeah. All right, let's do us a little tiny what's little up tiny segment. What's up? Uh, uh, what's up? I don't know. This movie just made me think about Severance. What's which, up? <laughs> Uh, what's up? <laughs> Y'all still haven't watched Severance? I haven't watched Severance. Uh, uh, I'm gonna need you to hook me up with that old Apple I got ID. You. I got you. Apple thing. I don't. Yeah, I think I think I can do it on my desktop, and that'll be okay. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. I think if you like this movie, uh, you will like that show. That's all I'll say. Okay. Okay. It's uh, very pitched... similar in a lot of ways. Cool. Mm-hmm. I pitched a lot of uh, I pitched three different films for this week, and Moon's what we ended up with. But I did pitch Primer at some point. I think that uh, that would be interesting. But I think Abby might not like it. I still haven't uh, seen it. I haven't seen it either. But I know you've recommended it to me before. Um, I just it's so full of jargon. It's like almost all yeah. jargon talk. It's just and like, it's like it's not even that I'm so against it. It just can really detach me from a film if yeah. it's yeah. like trying to do that and just convince this like hierarchy of like knowledge that's like right, I don't know. It's right. just, just kind of yeah. Like I, I want to get into it, you know. Like right, you want to yeah. get into the story. You don't want to get bogged down in like exposition and bullshit. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and like I, I definitely enjoy my fair share of sci-fi too. So it's it's not even that I don't like sci-fi or like space films. It's just like yeah. you know sometimes it's it's a little too uh, technical. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm I'd be interested too. to see how you feel about Primer. Uh, yeah. It's a very, very small movie. It's much, much smaller in scope, in in, in budget for sure. It was like made for seven thousand dollars. Yeah, it's super cheap. Oh um, wow! Yeah, and it's about time travel. 
Um, okay. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you think of that. And Dale, mm-hmm. you've never seen it either, right? No, I've been recommended it like so many times, but have not watched it. But you saw uh, Upstream Color and didn't care for that? Uh, Upstream Color, what's the plot of that? Just give me a quick... quick. Uh, there's like uh, this thing that people like uh, use to control other people's minds. I think no. they extract it from like pigs or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I did watch that. Did not like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same filmmaker. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, That's what made me not want to watch Primer. Because like I watched Upstream Color and was like, I, I don't like this Upstream movie. Color. Anyway, you know, we we don't have to watch that one, but I do think we should watch Primer at some point. Fucking disturbing, dude. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I like being disturbed. I know, I know. This is okay, this is an interesting question um that I'll ask. Uh as our what's up or part of it. Okay. So uh all week Zach for his podcast, um, Metaphiles, which you can check out on YouTube. Um, this week's, uh, which they're probably talking about downstairs right now. Uh, this week's <laughs> subject is because they they like do usually record on Wednesdays when we do, but they I we pushed our podcast and they like coincidentally pushed theirs too. But maybe it's like. <laughs> Something, something insidious. I think they're play, I they're playing the long game. They're, they got something <laughs> planned. They're gonna start just clipping out parts of our podcast and like talking shit about it and, and yeah. like using it in their podcast. <laughs> uh, but so free th- material. This, yeah. <laughs> this week is new metal. They're talking about new metal. Okay. And uh, so yeah, Zach's been listening to a lot of new metal and asking a lot of questions about new metal, and he watched like that. Woodstock '99 movie. Oh man, uh, that's that is a horrifying documentary. Yeah. It's like super scary. It's so yeah. scary, creepy. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I was just gonna ask if you like new metal, have <laughs> ever liked new metal, or what? Like, if you like a new metal band? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say I don't listen to a lot of metal. I have a lot of friends that do, but I feel like I haven't really revisited metal as a genre since the well, classics, really. New metal is a very different thing, I will say. Yeah. Well, it is. It's an offshoot of that, and it's, like, kind of infused with, like, rap rock. It's, like, new metal is yeah. essentially yeah. Corn and Limp Biscuit and Static X. and. I was about to say, I did listen um, to some Static X back in the day, for sure. Yeah, and Corn, like, Corn's Greatest Hits was one of my first CDs I ever bought. So like I definitely listen to Corn and Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Um like Corn kind of slapped when I was 16. Yeah, I mean Corn like, does still kind of slap, but my brothers are like really into like Avenged Sevenfold like Oh goodness. See, that was like, I could never get into Avenged Sevenfold. Me neither. Like I am not into it. I'm yeah. so turned off by yep, it. Yep. Um I don't, I don't know. Like I I really just listen to like all different kinds of pop. Like if I listen to metal, it's like pop metal. <laughs> like <Right>. I don't know. <laughs> well, I would listen to like real metal. Yeah. Like something old school, but not uh, yeah. not this new metal. Yeah. In you. I mean, it, I mean, what it all it all comes from like punk essentially, right? And yeah. Like, yeah, it's like this weird uh, confluence of punk and rap and and metal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, like they just 
and and like weird i love i mean weird pants my favorite like heavy genre is like hardcore music which i went and saw an amazing hardcore show on tuesday it was a soul glow from philadelphia and Mm. uh offhand which we've done one of our first videos was for offhand and uh it then they had so those were two hardcore bands and then they also had uh brian brown which is a local uh hip-hop artist yeah, uh, and I'd never gotten to see him before. That was sick. I, I I dig a couple of his tracks, so that was awesome to get to see that. And Offhand's always great. Soul Glow fucking blew me away. Like mm-hmm. I haven't moshed in a fucking hardcore cr- like crowd in like so fucking long, and I just found myself compelled. Like that, it just felt like home, you know. Like yeah, like I used to I... listen to so much like hardcore music. I definitely get that. I feel like listening to it live is like a way different experience than listening to listening to like a track of it in your car or something. Mm -hmm. I know also on Tuesday night, like Turnstile was in town. I feel like that is kind of Turnstile is like pop, like like very pop hardcore for sure. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so um, dude, it looked like a fun show. Yeah. Well, so I, it was funny. I saw people posting like, like, uh, they were like the citizen in turnstile show in ceremony show. Isn't the only hardcore show tonight. Like come to yeah. see soul. <laughs> Seriously. Soul glow is like top tier now for me. Like, yeah. And right like, yeah. like they're just as good as, is is citizen and turnstile and ceremony. Like mm-hmm. if you like those bands, you'll love soul glow. And I think soul glow has a lot more interesting things to say to um and it is a it is a very cool mix of genres as well but it's definitely hardcore first but you get some like melodic stuff in there and then it's got a definitely mm. a hip hop influ- inf- influence as well uh it's really great i would say listen you to their newest album yeah listen to diaspora uh, problems it's their newest album it's fantastic yeah i would say offered me oh, oh go ahead a coworker of mine offered like tickets to see Turnstile, like to to to. You buy. didn't go? No, because I was babysitting for oh. Abby and Zach, who had tickets to go see Turnstile. Oh, that's hilarious! Like, that's yeah. hilarious. Y'all, I'd rather y'all go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, I'll just, you know, drink, drink some Sprite and hang out. Y'all, y'all yeah. go. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I was just going to say that, like, there's nothing better than being, like, not not exactly post-COVID, but, like, safer times, we'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to feel, to be out of a show and feel the spirit move you to mosh, yeah. get in the pit and move around. It just feels like old times. It feels like, yeah. you know, it feels like good, safe old times. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it is you know, a vibe. Even though you're thrashing around. Yeah, it was something yeah. I didn't know that I wanted until it was just happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing yeah. you realize, like, oh, is. I miss this. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. I feel like that's a good what's up. That's a good what's up. Uh, Yeah, go uh, comment about your favorite new metal slash any other band. <laughs> <laughs> no. New metal. Yeah, but, uh, but talk about uh, new metal if you want. Sure, if you want to. Go listen to uh, Metaphiles. Go listen to Metaphiles. We'll, listen we'll to, listen to fucking Soul Glow. Listen to Offhand. Yeah. Amazing bands. Listen to Brian Brown. And uh, if you're available on Saturday, come out to uh, Defy Film Fest and check out uh, Abby's film. It's at Oz um, Arts, by the way. Yeah. It's going to be rad. Um, 
we're going to be there. So come out, say hello, support local film. I know they have more screenings, I think, like in the summer, like in the middle of the summer also cool. for like oh, okay. other types of films. This is just like a poetry filmmaker collaboration project that they have like, you know, they're still accepting submissions, I think, like until June yeah. something. For, for like the main one. Yeah, yeah for yeah. like feature films, short films, like for the, the main part of the festival, which will be later this summer. Yeah, maybe a goal for us next year is an international short film or something. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We got to make one first. Right. Yeah, we got to get on that and make a short film. Yeah. Um, if we just yeah, had an so... extra day in the week. Yeah. <laughs> As always, go and check out... Uh, Mike Gubbins, Mike. Gub- I'm gonna take that again. Go check out Mike Gubbins' music. Go, 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 go. came like cotton mouth all of a sudden. <laughs> um, yeah, go check out Mike Gubbins' music at Gubbs Music on Instagram. Provide some lovely intro outro music for our podcast. Uh, and go check out Shot from the Pit. That's Jorge Sierra's account on Instagram, and uh, we did a fun little photo shoot with Jorge, and those Dude. pictures will premiere with our episodes what do y'all think about uh, the photos so far they're looking pretty good they're looking right great yeah, yeah i love them yeah it's fun because you know i hadn't looked at any of them and now i just get to see them at, with along with everybody else right mm-hmm. uh, which is very fun yeah so go check them out check us out uh at ampm.video on instagram and at go team video on instagram and uh twitch.tv slash ampm go team video no 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 you had it right the first oh, time had no, it right the first time no, Twi- almost nailed it twitch.tv oh, slash ampm video i felt you were like you were you were too perfect and i felt i felt it mm, slip away mm-hmm. too perfect there's that's, also, that's the title of my book there's also now a link in our instagram bio that'll take you right link there in, in two clicks just two go clicks of a lamb's tail uh, yeah. <laughs> two clicks of a lampstick. And you can check out this show's uh, video archives on YouTube. Just search AMPM video or Go Team Video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as always, hit subscribe, hit like, hit us in the comment section. We want to hear from you. What movie should we watch? What movie should we stay away from? Uh, well, we already decided we're watching 13 going on 30 next week. We are week, watching so. 13 going on 30 next week. We don't always have that in the bag, but this this week we do. So uh, tune back in next week, and we'll talk about 13 going on 30. That's Jeff yeah, Gardner. We're, and, since we're uh, in the 30s, you know, for our podcast yeah. episodes, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why not? I think it's maybe, very fitting. Maybe when we're in the 40s, we'll do This is 40 or yeah 40 year old virgin oh my or... god dude 40 year old virgin i bet that movie is like so cringy now i bet it just yeah. does not hold no, up it, at it all. is i feel like five years ago i tried to rewatch it and i was like what the actual fuck oh, like Jesus. i didn't finish it yeah so this has been episode 32 moon uh thanks for listening y'all shoot for the moon everybody achieve your dreams love y'all thanks for listening thanks for listening <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank y'all. Announcement test. I don't know what it's supposed to say. Not really that concerned with it. So, I'm going to get this. Disregard it. Hang on.